it's fresh to me. It's so real to me, having been up all night long Tuesday night. At the dawning, 551, a grandchild was born, the first one. But thank God for that holy night when the Son of God was born. After nine months being carried in the tabernacle of Mary's womb, in a stable where lambs are born, the Son of God came to Comedian John Stewart is quoted as complaining that Christmas is now infringing on Thanksgiving and Halloween better look out. <laughs> and I understand I understand his point on commercialization. But you gotta understand something about Christianity. Christianity is Christmas is coming. And Jesus is coming back. <laughs> Some churches celebrate the the, the whole liturgy thing year-round. Advent starts, Christmas is coming, and then Easter is coming, and then Christmas is coming, and then Easter is coming, and, and Halloween means holy evening anyway. That he gave his only son on that night. And he didn't just give him to live a perfect life on the earth, but he gave him to ultimately die on a cruel cross for the sins of the world. So that through faith in the punishment that he received for us, that he did not deserve, that we do deserve. You don't think the human, human race deserves punishment? Read the newspaper. Watch the news. Something is seriously wrong. Look at what people are doing to one another. But thank God Jesus has redeemed us. He paid the price. We can be forgiven. And we can forgive through the miracle of what He did for us. He didn't just die for me, but He arose from the dead. And it's through faith in that that gives us a new start. It's called the new birth. By calling on the name of Jesus and saying, Jesus, I believe You died for me. I believe that You've risen from the dead for me. I ask You to forgive me of my sins. I take responsibility. I need a Savior. Thank You, Lord, for being my Savior. It's that simple. Just calling on His name and believing what God is. If you find yourself beginning to believe this story of Christmas and the gospel, there's something significant to it. That is saving faith dawning in your heart. Go with it. Let it happen. Enjoy the journey that you're on. You're on a spiritual journey. Begin to seek the Lord. He will be found by those that seek Him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can we give the Lord some praise for our praise team today? Thank you so much. Psalm 19, I would like to read the first two verses of Psalm 19 and the last verse of Psalm 19. If you've not found the book of Psalms, just open your Bible to the very middle and you'll be in the book of Psalms. Go left a little bit, you'll be right there. The heavens, verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. 
And the firmament, that is the atmosphere, the sky, the universe, shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. That is, what we behold in creation in the daytime and at the nighttime reveals the glory of God, his intricacy. If you admire the beauty of design, you know there's a designer. Their line is gone out through all the earth. The word line means sound. The sound of the words of creation have gone out throughout all the earth. And their words to the end of the world. Can we say creation speaks? And we speak. Verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. We preached from that prayer last Sunday, and we're going to do again today, and the Lord willing, next Sunday as well. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, which is what causes the words of my mouth, so not just the fruit, but also the root. May these things be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. Our strength, he's the one that enables us to do it. And our Redeemer, he's the one that forgives us when we don't do it. In a day and time, we have more means of communication than our forefathers could even imagine. So the power of our words is more powerful than ever. We're in a flood of information. And so it's very important as believers that we speak words that are purposeful, words that are true, and words that are powerful. We don't want to just be part of the humdrum of the world. People just speak whatever comes in their head, but we want to speak words that are godly. And this sermon isn't about behavior modification. It's about heart transformation. And so where the word hits us between the eyes, Lord, bring us to our knees and say, help. My strength, help me, and my Redeemer, redeem this situation. Last Sunday, we spoke on the ABCs of empowering my words. Let my words be acceptable. Let my words be beautifying. You know, sometimes the way you say it is as important as what you say. Let my words be comforting. Do people run from you when they're going through hard times? Let my words be disciplined. Just because I think it doesn't mean I have to say it. Give me some self-control. Let my words be edifying. Do your words build up the atmosphere wherever you go? You live in the edifice that your words create. Let my words be few. You know, we have two ears and one mouth. In the multitude of words, the Bible says sin is not lacking. So wherever there's a whole lot of talking, eventually there's going to be some sinning. Lord, help us to talk, but not talk too much. Let my words be gentle. A harsh word stirs up anger, but a soft word stirs up love. Let my words be honest. We've got to be honest with people. Tender, caring, loving, but be honest. Don't flatter folks. Tell them what they want to hear, but be honest. If they ask you your opinion, you know, make an Oreo with it. Make a sandwich. Tell them something they, they want to hear and then tell them the truth and then something else, you know. You know, you're a great person. You're created in the image of God. But you wanted to know what I thought about that song. I don't think that's your calling. 
But boy, you make some awesome chocolate cake. Let my words be intelligent. As believers, we have a reputation. Not for pride's sake. But we shouldn't be known as the dumb guy on the job. We've got to watch more than sitcoms. We've got to read and listen. And pay attention to what we're listening to. Because what we listen to has an impact on what we say. Today we're going to speak on the JKLs of empowering our words. The how-tos of speaking more powerfully. Lord, let my words be acceptable. Let my words be just. Let my words be just. There is a time to speak up. There's a time to be silent, but there's a time to speak up. Proverbs 31 says, Open your mouth for the speechless. In the cause of all who are appointed to die, open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. You hear someone being slandered, you have to speak up. There's a protocol for it. You know, maybe the boss man is entertaining slander or he's even mouthing it. Go to him in private and otherwise you might lose your job and say, hey boss, I think we're not seeing things appropriately. I think we are misjudging this person. And and speak the truth and let it go. Don't be like the mailman that lost his job because he insisted people open the packages and read every page after he delivered it. Just deliver the mail and then run away. But be courageous. As wise as it is to be silent, there is a time to be silent, but there's also a time to speak. Somebody said silence is golden, but sometimes it's just plain yellow. Let my words be just. Let my words be kind. In talking about the Proverbs 31 woman with all the attributes of womanhood that we would admire even as men, verse 26 of Proverbs 31 says, she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law, we say the law, the law of kindness. In other words, if it's not kind, she guards her mouth from speaking unkind words. We all know what kindness is and what it isn't, but often we forget that one of the definitions of the word kind also means a group of items or individuals connected by shared characteristics. Like, What kind of fruit do you like? What kind of chocolate is your favorite? What kind of food do you prefer? We should practice kindness to one another because we are all related through Jesus, ultimately through Adam and through Noah. We're kin. Why would you want to pollute your drinking water? That's what unkindness does, is it contaminates the atmosphere of our lives. There was a time in our family when we were working on being kind to one another. And we had a little phrase that made us all laugh and as well as led us to repent without condemning each other and getting all religious. Oh, I'm telling. But when one of us would say something unkind to another, we'd say, I'm sorry, I guess it runs in the family. Boy, it makes you think twice. If you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Third Day's first album opened with a song. I won't try to sing it to you, but I want to read the lyrics called Nothing at All. It's talking about a woman who's not saying kind things and then a guy who's not saying kind things. 
On and on she goes. Where she stops, no one really knows. Everyone's got a problem, so it seems, and she ain't afraid of telling me. On and on he goes. Now look who's playing the fool. Criticizing, telling lies, putting down, ain't you got nothing better to do? I know that there are times in life when we just can't keep it to ourselves, but to want is not to make it right. We've got to tame our tongue. If you can't say nothing good, don't say nothing at all. On and on we go, playing the games that never ends. I think it's time that we all realize a broken heart is hard to mend. If you can't say nothing good, don't say nothing at all. The heart of the matter is a matter of heart. So to simply purpose, to only be kind with your words and to harbor harsh feelings inside, eventually they're going to explode and come out. It'll be really bad. One unkind person say, yes, I speak my mind because I keep a short account. We've got to search our heart. Why is there unkindness in our account? What are we afraid of? Follow those feelings down. Maybe that person didn't know that they did something you view as something they should know better than doing. You know, we all have specs. We all have blind spots. And we have to have them pointed out to us. Did you know that? You have to have them pointed out to us. I was born with, well, I wasn't born with them, but I have cowboy teeth. I was born without any teeth. My first set of teeth have been replaced. And these cowboy teeth tend to pick up things when I eat and leave them there, and I don't know. Unless someone shows me a mirror or I've got sense enough to remember to look in the mirror. Or a friend is kind enough to point something out. You ever gone all day with something stuck in your teeth? Nobody told you? Well, I wanted to be kind. That's not kindness. You wanted to make me look like a moron. Let my words be just. Let my words be kind. Let my words be loving. Ephesians 4.15 tells us to speak the truth in love. We need the truth but we need it in love. The letter of the law will kill, but the spirit of love is what makes alive. A frozen steak can be lovingly prepared and enjoyed by someone you love, or that same hardened piece of meat can be used to knock their teeth out. Same meat, different application. Let my words be loving. Let my words be merciful. A soft answer turns away wrath, Proverbs 15.1, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. There is no scenario more clear in illustrating the laws of sowing and reaping than in the area of our words. You give it out, you're probably going to give it back. If you don't like the temperature of the room, change the thermostat of your words. Well, people need to be more mature. Well, they do, but I need to be more mature. I need to look in the Word. Let my words be new. Let my words be new. Mark sixteen seventeen. Jesus said that people who would follow Him, who would believe in Him, would have signs follow them. And a couple of these signs 
of those who would believe in him would be casting out devils and speaking with new tongues. Now, we see in the book of Acts several places of people filled with the Spirit and them speaking in other languages. And it happens as the Spirit gives utterance. But I think what Jesus is saying is much more than a supernatural ecstatic utterance that happens from time to time when you're praying. I think it has to do with us being new creatures, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. If I'm a new creature, then I've got a new mouth. Right? Who ever heard of a new creation that had an old mouth? Have a new mouth that needs to be exercised, needs to be trained, needs to be disciplined. Since becoming a believer, am I overcoming evil? Am I speaking with a new kind of language? Should conversion change the way we think? Should it change the way we speak? It should. Let my words be new. Let my words be opposite. That is, let my words oppose the words that are coming against me that would get me in error. Now, this word oppose, may, you may see as negative, but listen to what Peter wrote in 1 Peter 3, verse 9. He tells us, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. That's opposite. When someone's cursing you and you're blessing them, you're speaking opposite in the opposite spirit, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing for he who would love life and see good days. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. So the world's full of a lot of deceitful talkers, a lot of angry folks who will curse you, defame you, slander you, give them a pen. They'll they'll commit libel against you. But as believers, we are not to react accordingly. We are to respond by speaking blessing. Now, don't do it in a self-righteous way. Well, God bless you too, you know. I'm glad I'm not your husband. Lord, help us to be opposite to those who would try to curse us. Help us to be opposite. You know, words are powerful. Words are powerful. And if you're being hurt, do you want to pass that on to somebody else? Jesus on the cross did not revile back in return. We're to be like Christ. Let my words be pure. Colossians 3 verse 8 says, but now you yourselves are to put off all these. Anger, wrath, Malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Filthy language. What some people allow to come out of their mouth, they would not allow to go in their mouth. What some people hold in their mouth, they wouldn't hold in their hand. Our words should be pure. Pure words. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth Speaks. If I'm having a problem with impure words, I've got to do some homework. Not earning my salvation, but just get before my Lord in prayer and say, God, where is this coming from? Where is this impurity coming from? And it may be as simple as the music you're listening to, or it may be lies that you believe about yourself. 
hurts, unhealed hurts. When I first thought about preaching along these lines, I thought it would be just a three-point sermon. Uh, Dealing with words come from our heart. Not just a matter of behavior adjustments, but it's a matter of looking at our hearts. And our hearts are related to our hurts. God wants to heal our hurts. And sometimes in prayer, we don't want to go to those places that hurt us and say, Lord, I'm hurting because of what happened to me years ago or I'm hurting because of what's happening in my life right now. What is keeping me? What is keeping you? What is keeping us from being more like Jesus? That is the question to ask the Father. You may have perfect tongue control, but boy, just get on Facebook and hear the fingers go, and the words come out of the heart. Or any any means of communication. Maybe it's a blind spot you have that others have pointed out to you and you've rejected them. You've already been told what the issue is. What is the issue in the heart? Let my words be quickened to give life. The word of the Lord is quick. It's alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The contemporary English version says, Words can bring death or life. Talk too much and you'll eat everything you say. The God's Word paraphrase says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love to talk will have to eat their own words. The New Living says, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The Message Bible says, Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Lord, we want to be givers of life, don't we? Be givers of life. I'm telling you, this has an impact on your relationships, on your house, on the mechanisms of where you fit in society and even in the body of Christ. It even has an impact on your prosperity. Words we speak are important. In conclusion, let my words be ready. Psalm 45, 1 says, My tongue is a pen of a ready writer. 2 Timothy 4, 2 says, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. 1 Peter 3, 15 says, Always be ready. Can we say ready? Ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. We've got to be ready to be cussed at if we're going to respond appropriately. Oh, Jesus said in the world we'd have tribulation. This is it. I recognize it. Now, Lord, I just pray you'd help me to not join in the fray and become part of the problem. Well, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Well, you may want to hold on to as much mind as you can. The word ready implies not being caught off guard by trials or temptations as well as being on guard to speak the right words at the right time with the right attitude. This is how Jesus walked and talked to the very end of his life. He was a life giver. He was ready to speak, but he knew when to be silent. And when he was being slandered and being persecuted, he was silent. He only spoke words that gave life. Listen to this, Isaiah 53, 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not 
his mouth. Verse 9, they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. And verse 12 says that God says, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. He's going to be known as a conqueror of conquerors, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. He said very few words on the cross. We don't know if he said anything at the whipping post, but on the cross, he said, I thirst. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And he said, it is finished. Did he say anything else? Anybody remember? Into your hands, I commend, commend your spirit. Lama, lama, sabachthani. Spoken in Aramaic. He did not retaliate. He did not call on the angels. He did not call on fire to come down. He did not exercise his authority outside of the Father's authority. And the Father's will was for him to take the sins of the world. And he did it without sinning, being tempted to sin even to the very end. Well, I haven't cussed in years. Well, let's just slap you upside the head and see what comes to mind. This word is for us all. Let's pray. Lord, we have heard your word this morning and have seen where we fall short in the way and with the words we speak. Forgive us for being unjust and not speaking up when we should. Forgive us for being unkind and for speaking out when we should not. Forgive us for being unloving when we know that we are right. Forgive us for often being unmerciful and for being blind to the fact that we too need mercy from you and from others. Forgive us for walking and talking according to our old ways and not according to the new creation that you're making out of each of us. Forgive us for yielding and conforming to the wicked world around us instead of appropriately opposing it as you promised to enable us to. Forgive us for allowing to come out of our mouths that which we would not touch with our hands. Make our daily speech pure, O Lord. May this not just be a Sunday morning or in the church house thing. But God, may this be a 24-7 reality in our lives. Forgive us for killing other people's reputations, self-images, and even their dreams with our tongues instead of inspiring life like you do for us. Forgive us for being slack and off guard and missing opportunities to excel in this area. Make our tongues like the pens of ready writers for you and for those who are made in your image. Help us to see you as the great designer who's worthy of our worship, worthy of our praise. And when we speak ill of your handiwork, we are speaking ill of you. Forgive us, Lord. Lord, this runs in our families. Forgive us for using that as an excuse. We've been adopted into your royal family. In Jesus' name, amen. David's prayer was, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. We lean on Him for strength to help us to do this. And we run to Him as our Redeemer when we get off track.
the Lord take us deeper and deeper in this area where we don't join in with the level of communication of the world, but that we keep it at a level of integrity and purity that speaks well of believers. In Jesus' name. doesn't mean you have to speak King James Version or speak Christianese all the time. But just deal with the filthy language thing and the unkind thing and the unmerciful thing and be loving and truthful and listen more than you talk. It's that simple. Lord, empower our words. Their words are powerful, but God, we want to make them more powerful for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord Himself cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord God Almighty, Yahweh Himself, lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And may peace like a river flow from your heart, out of your mouth, into your home, into your workplace, into your schools, in the neighborhoods and restaurants and everywhere you go. May you find opportunities speak and give life. Amen. This morning, I I just have a strong, I'm, I'm convinced through the Spirit that, that there are some people in this place that need to rededicate or dedicate for the first time themselves to the Lord Jesus. And the Bible says in Lamentations that through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed and His compassions never fail. And so if that's you, if you've never declared that the Lord Jesus can redeem you from the situation that you're in, today's the day to do that. And if, you've ne- and, and if you're in a place right now where you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. Today's the day to do that. The Lord's compassions never fail. So I just want to invite those. Uh, I'd, I'd ask the uh, the prayer ministry team to come forward. And if you're in that situation, if you're waiting on a, a time of restoration or redemption, this morning is the morning to do exactly that. We're entering a holy season. And today, you can walk out of here and you can be redeemed. Because the Lord's compassions are renewed every morning. That might have been spoken over you from a child. As you were listening to this today, you saw some of those words on your life. And they have not necessarily crippled you, but have affected your walk. And today would be a great day to give those words to God and say, that's not me anymore. That's not me anymore. So if that means something to you as a, word, as a point of contact and as a, as a way of saying, I'm stepping back from this or I'm stepping forward from this, take a step forward, meet us up here, And let's release those words that were spoken over you. You know what they are. That's not you. You're a new creature. 
old things have passed away. We come against every word that was spoken over you as a child. You'll never amount to anything. You're not good enough. You're worthless. Why can't you be like your sister? Why can't you be like your brother? What happened to you? Why don't you listen to me? Why are you so stupid? We break those words in the name and the authority of Jesus Christ. And we declare the power of God to come and pierce every one of us in Jesus' name. Oh.